Welcome to episode three of this Doctor Who story that we're trying to mine for positives. Apologies about the sound quality. I did record it on a proper mic and then I think forgot to press save. So you've got the backup. It's still fine. It's just a little bit echoey. Still, at least I haven't put you in a tank full of water next to some electrical cables. Enjoy. Thanks so much for listening to this Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydock, trying to be positive inside a chalk circle. Hello, Toby. Hello, everyone. I'm John Turner, and I am an artist and illustrator based in Manchester. The story that I've chosen for you this week is one that's very dear to my heart. It is Battlefield. Well, it's the first, it's the first cosplayed episode of Happy Times and Places. It's Battlefield, episode three. Press play now. <laughs> well, look, um, I, I realised, uh, sorry for those of you who are just listening, not watching, you can see this on the video at no extra cost. Um, I realised I'd got the Brigadier's um, cardigan uh, when, when, when I was watching episode one. So I've decided I've never done cosplay in my life. Not my thing. I mean, I've got, got the hat and scarf. I've had the hat and scarf, but that's not quite the same. I never went for the whole thing and tried to get the right waistcoat or trousers or anything, like the silhouette. But um, I've decided because it, was, it is within my means, uh, uh, I've got a solo moustache and I've got the Brigadier's, an approximation of the Brigadier's gardening outfit. And he gardens in a cravat. Gotta love that. Um, so this is a very special episode, Battlefield episode three in cosplay. It, it's, it, it, it's funny, I was reading something about a Doctor Who fan with a big collection on, on, in a newspaper, on a newspaper website and the comments underneath, somebody going, oh, virgin. Uh, so unkind. And, um, but, but I've, you know, I've, I've never got cosplay. It's not my thing. I've quite enjoyed today. I've been experimental with facial hair in lockdown anyway. I had a handlebar moustache uh, in an attempt to see what I'd look like if I was a, you know, season three guest star in Prison Break or something, or, or, or somebody who would um, kidnap Jack Bauer about three quarters of the way into, uh, into, into a season of 24 um, uh, with a handlebar moustache, but I've, uh, but I've, I've quite enjoyed it, and it's it's funny why why we would mock because uh, I as I said I've never quite got cosplay, but um, I think it's marvellous that that it's anything that shows application, dedication, creativity, anything that Doctor Who does that spawns that um, I think is to be applauded. Anything that stops us being passive viewers. With me, it's finding out about actors and things like that, and what went on behind the scenes. Other people, it's creative expression through, you know, and and, and honing a skill, you know, creating the costumes, um, making them, sourcing them. It's great. Anything that isn't passive, yet, yet people mock it, don't they? People, and I think it's fear. People have a fear of people expressing creativity because I think deep down we'd all like to, but we worry about the embarrassment. Um, I love this bit. I love Julia, and and of course you could see the cracks in uh, 
slightly slowed down this, isn't it? But it's all right, it's a great image. Sophie Aldred is so game. She She's always jumping in water and, and when she does, uh, uh, you know, things with explosions, throws herself about. I don't think we could have wished for a more uh, dedicated performer. Um, and, and, and again, when you're doing something that, you know, often relies on the actors, to have somebody that's prepared to do anything is, is great. Um, uh, but you could see, and you could see the crack in the glass, couldn't you? And that was actually footage of her being rescued that they, that they used in the footage of the, uh, 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 of the actual episode. I like the way that Marcus Gilbert does that. There's this. Yeah, you're doing exactly what is required of you, you handsome devil. Um, and tape one. I don't like that tape, tape one just because it's a pretty grotesque image. Uh, Sylvester McCoy also throws himself about uh, and, and, and is again another very, very committed performer. But what a face. He looks like Doctor Who, doesn't he? He's got, it's that brilliant synthesis of um, a, a, the sort of the, the clown-like physiognomy, but also the a sort of bird-like sadness, a, mel a melancholy. There's, there's, Although he's the most clownish of all the Doctors, he's also at times the saddest looking and it's a great combination. Um, and here they are, the Brigadier and the Doctor. Um, yeah, I, I, who I am, Cosby, I've even, I've even, I wish he said them, I wish he pronounced Lethbridge, I, I don't know, I wish he pronounced the name right. <laughs> he doesn't quite mispronounce it, he just doesn't do it very well. Uh, this is great. Um, June Bland does a very good job here. She's oh June Bland, by the way, is uh, her currently her grandson Jordan Brooks, who's a fantastic comedian, very interesting, very offbeat, plays with the rules, very funny. Is currently the longest holder of the Edinburgh Comedy Award because there hasn't been an Edinburgh Festival this year. It's normally it's awarded every year. You don't hold it as it were you just get it every year but because there hasn't been an edinburgh fringe this year he's he's the current holder for two years running which has never happened before um so it runs in the family um and he's definitely worth checking out jordan brooks fine comic seek out those who hold excalibur and then go and direct an episode of the boys and all the other american shows that you do you clever knight commander he didn't by the way um direct the episode of The Boys that uh, I watched after episode two. Um, yes, that's it, guys. March, but 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 in a way, just there's a camera there. Doesn't matter. I, I think that's fine. That does that doesn't look like bitter. It's the right colour. Not enough head. Um, I like these two characters. They they bring a welcome sort of realism. Pat. Pat and his wife. And I like his joke. Yeah, yeah you ugly git. <laughs> so Mordred's drunk. And laughing at his own joke. Oh, Lavelle. Who? Of course, I hadn't realised is is French, but Director is Serbian, I think. Um, and I remember when I interviewed him, she said, "Of course, I put on the French accent." And I said, well, "Did you? Oh, okay." It never occurred to me that Lavelle was French, but of course she is. But uh, I think I think the accent just goes under 
standard foreign, doesn't it? Which was which was allowable in those days. Like nowadays, you'd get a French actor. Interesting, um, probably. Our, our, our casting of uh, international actors has become a lot easier as as actors travel. Um, Doctor Who's had you know Americans in it, and you know now if we need. Although she ended up being based in in Australia, Dorota Ray. I'm sad about Lavelle, but this is very clever, complex stuff because they need the information. So, you know, she's a soldier, she's expendable and they sort of get it in a painless way. But they also, and she does that good joke about you can get the tab if you like, which so it comes from her. Um, but they also, and she treats her with sort of great dignity, which is which is rather touching. Uh, and of course, the the Roninsons are absolutely appalled because somebody's just been murdered in their pub. Uh, and uh, and so we have this rather sick joke that she says, you know, he says you can't leave it like that because it's it's unpleasant and uncivilized. So she turns her into a Hoover. <laughs> A hooverable package, um, and they get, and she, she gets the tab by returning her sight to her, which is very interesting, um, because it shows a different sort of moral code. We've just seen this couple kill people, um, but then, yeah, deliver somebody her sight back. Um, Although that's quite a complex issue that I'm not going to get into now. I say, oh yes, I'd like to, because um, because the idea that uh, uh, somebody who's disabled considers that they are missing something because they don't have something that a non-disabled person would have is quite a complex and grey area, as are most things with nuance, which is lost from a lot of today's discourse, which is why I'd like to actually rescind my statement from a previous episode where I said, um, I'm not particularly woke. I think I am quite woke. I, I agree with all the things that woke people agree with. I'm the, the very embodiment of a, a weedy liberal. But um, I'm concerned. I, I I I worry about how the liberal cause is actually harmed by um, the conduct and lack of nuance of some of the most self-proclaimed of the woke brigade. So. I will say I, I I am woke, but 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 in but I'm woke in a cardigan, shall we say? Ha 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 ha! But I just hope everybody's happy, and I don't want to row. And also, I respect that other people have come to different conclusions from me about how to wake the world better, and I don't necessarily think they're evil. Uh, that's quite old-fashioned these days. But I'm eating a naked bar, so it's a good sequence. Um, although <laughs> it's quite tastefully done because there's a bit of um, machine and gunning to death that goes on shortly. Um, it's great, uh, great. Oh yes, great blowing out the back of the out the back window. Now I've got to remember. To, uh, to write down so I don't pick something rubbish. Uh, I, I like, the, I like the, the paying of the tab. I think that's very good. 
Uh, and even Lavelle, only in her one scene this week. Uh, did, a, did a really good job, but I can't really choose her, I don't think, because, because she was part of what John chose in an early episode. Um, yeah, this is, this is pretty... This is pretty grim, this bit. Although it's sort of comedy banter, she does. When she sticks her head up through the, through the roof, um, we don't see what's on the other end of her machine gun. But it's... it's, it's but... I, she, she, I like Brigadier Bambera. She's a great character. Um, and she plays it very well. And I, li I do like her rapport with... Uh, I oh, and of course, we can see the Doctor's leg sticking out the car window. <laughs> Which is terrific. Um, yeah, tell them they're in trouble. Yeah, so because of course, Chris Sylvester is so sort of good. I wish these guns were level. Um, if you had time to do that again, you would. Um, oh, yeah, not, not very well observed. This, yeah, that's a bit like the bus in Delta and the Bannermen, where um, I, you don't quite get the impression of an explosion. I, and I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I don't really like the Brigadier's reaction here, but I suppose he is a soldier, uh, and that's what we're supposed supposed to think. But um, oh, hello, Xiao Yong. I still don't know what you're because Xiao Yong, of course, Ling Tai plays Xiao Yong was an extra in Warriors of the Deep. Um, she's one of the sea base crew. Um, and again, I, we like the Rollinsons here, but but then we get the impression that Pat going, oh, you you're not English, are you? You got Oh, you're a nice, friendly landlord, but actually, you're probably a bit of a racist, which, <laughs> which uh, is again just a nice because you can't get very nice, polite people who turn out to be have slightly dodgy attitudes. Um, it's what my uh, doctor. I mean, I, I'm not a great fan of the uh, the umbrella, but stopping the major saluting um, by hook, hooking it down. Uh, is a lovely bit of doctor business. It's a shame that um, Peter Walmsley uh, is is going to go now, uh, because I expected James Ellis to at least last the four episodes. But uh, his job is done, which is a so. And then he worked with me shortly after this, which which I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure was uh, uh, a great compensation for not making it to episode four. Um, uh, and he was he was a lovely guy. Do you, I remember I remember there was a what can only be described as a media word beginning with W and rhyming, rhyming with tanker. Um, and uh, Major Husak, nice bit of business there. Um, sadly, that actor Paul Tomani, who played Major Husak, was, um, was 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 dead within about five years. I think he died three or four years after this at the age of mid-30s, which is tragic. Uh, I know nothing more about how or why. Um, um, but yeah, and, and, and anyway, there was some... Got the, there were a few of them then. There are lots of them now. People who, in the, <laughs> who, have, who carry about them a lot of confidence, which is in direct... Uh, 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 Direct inverse ratio between how much y y use they are and likable and what they bring to the table. There's a, 
you, you, you encounter more of them these days. And I don't know what this guy was doing there, this besuited sunglassed moron. Uh, and, and anyway, he'd, he'd, uh, 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 he'd annoyed everybody, I think. And, and when the cast all got together in the afternoon, I, I was struggling to get a t ticket for my sister. And uh, Jimmy basically went, I don't know why we're spending all our time, you know, why, what, what we're having to do for this, this guy. He didn't say it when the guy was there. He said, and this young lad can't even get a ticket for his sister. So can we sort our priorities out? And he, he was basically, as the leading man, um, cutting through a lot of the crap and also sticking up for me in a, in a, in a slightly related but aspect of, you know, what the production's priorities were. Um, which he needn't have done, and he didn't do it in a in a in a bullish way either. But he he just made sure it happened. Proper leading man, good for him, good for Jimmy. Uh, nice fella. A, a, a real twinkle. Came round to our house and and, and uh, used the phrase "confirmed bachelor" about somebody with a twinkle in his eye, which I've always remembered. Very lovely. Uh, he was a confirmed bachelor. He said about this fellow. I can't remember the circumstances. Good sword fighting. I do like a sword fight. It's Alf Joint who did the fights, didn't he? Uh... Oh, there's a fly on top of her head there. <laughs> Good old Anselin. Uh, you wish to run away. <laughs> um, yes, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Uh, this... Oh, that would be true, is it? <laughs> um, I mean, Doc, Doctor Who was was not was not popular at this time, so I always got got annoyed with it when it did things I thought could could turn off the general public, whoever they were. But it didn't feel like it was a show that was watched by the general public at the time. Um, and indeed, of course, this is the last, the last season. Uh, so I could never quite relax and take it on its own terms. I mean, I still think there are mistakes. I think the, the question marks all over the place. It's been said before about how you know, you, you know, you you can't show how enigmatic you are by e emphasising your enigmatic nature. It's like you you, you can't you know eccentricity should be should be organic rather than you know grafted on or, or draw attention to itself um, and this was that 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 bit was on the trailer D do I like that I didn't like it as a kid do I like it now I don't mind it it's fine I have no opinion um, oh I love oh I love her crystal ball because she makes it fly away doesn't she at one point uh, which is very niftily and simply done um, yeah, she can she can zing it out way now. Um, but yeah, Shao Young doesn't do much apart from have someone for Ace to get nearly racist at uh, uh, when they're when they're stuck in the circle. Um, but again, in terms of representation, um, in 1989, I think this has laudable intent, uh, and. Um, and I know stuff, I know accusations are, are thrown around about, um, you know, people being tokenistic or whatever. 
Um, I think if you see somebody with a different skin colour from you uh, as a token, uh, then I think that's the reason that we need more faces uh, and representation of colour on the screen because uh, if it's still seen as abnormal to you, uh, then you're not. That, then that's that's the issue that needs redressing. Uh, and I'd say the same about disability. In fact, more so. Representation of disability is terrifyingly bad. In the arts, actually, it has a lower representation than in most other workplaces, which is extraordinary seeing as the arts are supposed to be so progressive and it's interesting how often some of the most progressive people have a, an ironically blind spot when it comes to disability um, they'll uh, be furious about representation uh, of uh, ethnicity or, or in other areas and, and not be so worried about disability anyway that's just something because it's close to home for me. Um, they're horrible to each other, these two, in, in their circle. It's very simple, isn't it? Very simple effect. Um, uh, it sort of comes out of nowhere, um, the, the, the fact that these two start rowing with each other, but... It's, it's doing a very good thing. It's, it's showing that, you know, they're under psychological pressure and having games played with them and, of course, being tried to, you know, if they go out of the circle, they're, they're in trouble. So, you know, that hug is lovely and, and, the, and the fact that they realise that there's a certain sort of manipulation going on and they have to, they have to be kind to each other. Yes. Um, I like, oh yes, a bit of an explosion like that. It's a shame it cuts when the guy's actually got back up again. <laughs> That's, um, but there is a guy who flies through the air, isn't there? But, uh, uh, yeah, I, now I think bazookering a guard because while he's fighting one of your own guys is a, it's a bit friendly fire there. Um, yeah, but that's that's a very decent battle scene and all this smoke and Mordred. Oh, yeah. These two look great. I, th I thought Christopher Bowes. I can't have I laughed enough. Um, but they look, they look great, these two. And, and you know, t knights fighting in front of a crashed nuclear missile convoy is great stuff. Yeah. Oh, I like I like bit where you hold the sword in front of you. No. Yeah, this is this is the doctor. Will be. Yeah, well, he's given it his his best shot. Um, <laughs> I was quite 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 yelled and furious. The destroyer. Oh, you've got to love the destroyer. And I don't think we'd seen. No, I don't think we'd seen pictures of the destroyer, so we didn't know what what he was going to look like. Um, I love all this. This dark lighting is great. This is really spooky. That's a great shot of Ace and Xiao Young in the in the moonlight, and 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 Morgan over them. 
This is quite spooky. Witches, witches are hard to do, aren't they? Because they become almost a, a sort of cliche. Um, to the destroyer. But she looks great. She's got a great face, Jean Marsh. Uh, and the, look at that's a great mask. And, and uh, you know, the colour for monsters is now blue, not green. Um, uh, and all the better for it. I think it would have been so easy to make him a green dragon. And a blue dragon just makes him seem uh, a little bit different. Right. What did I like best in that? I think it's going to be. I've written it down. I think it's... Oh, yeah, Brigadier. Oh, Peter Wormsley as well. There's an actor called Peter Wormsley in Mordred Undead, who plays one of the two mutants. Uh, so I wonder if, I wonder if there's a... Oh, Lavelle's not, she's really low on the credits. That's not fair. Um, uh, so I wonder if, if, uh, if that's a coincidence or whether he was a mate of John Nathan Turner or something. Because uh, I don't think he was called Peter Wormsley in the original draft. I think he was called Warmington. Might be wrong. Anyway, I noticed the similarity. So, what's my friend John going to choose? Well, let's uh, let's press pause and see if he has chosen. I'm choosing the paying of the tab. And that that whole pub scene, the the Lavelle because I, I like to give Lavelle a bit of a, a credit. Her, her saying, get the tab, and that then feeding into the, you know, her, her treatment at the hands of Morgane, and then the paying of the tab, and the tab being alive. So that whole that whole pub scene, even though I'm annoyed that Lavelle died and slightly sad, um, and I didn't like her being turned into Hoover fodder. Right. My third choice of something I love about Battlefield is uh, its use of Arthurian mythology, which I think it's quite surprising that Doctor Who had been going, what, 26 years at this point and hadn't, hadn't really explored that at all, um, considering it's such a key part of British mythology. Um, and I guess some people would argue that this is not the best, <laughs> best vehicle for it, but I, I really like how it's worked in. Um, I love the use of characters, obviously Mordred and Morgane, um, both excellently uh, played. Um, I I really like the idea that the Doctor might be Merlin in some alternate future past. Uh, I like I like when Doctor Who just sort of hints at things or suggests things, but we never we never hear from it again. Like it's just uh, this this might be a thing. So. Uh, feel free to use your imagination. Uh, I think that always works really well. Um, and I, I also like it when the show does sort of play with ideas of mythology and folklore and works them into a sci-fi setting. Yeah, it's great. And obviously a ace emerging from the lake holding a sword. I think that's, that's an iconic Doctor Who moment, right? And a lovely uh, nod to Arthurian myth. And we also get little snatches of Mallory and Tennyson, as previously mentioned, which uh, which I love. Thanks, John. Good point, good point. Well, uh, we didn't choose the same thing. Um, 
but that's okay. Um, so, I was going to stay up and watch the next episode, but I think this is going to be the lone, cos for now, cosplayed uh, episode of Happy Times and Places. I hope the place that you are and the times that you are having are happy and uh, uh, I'm just off to pay the tab. See you next time. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest, John Turner. I'd very much like to thank the latest batch of people to have signed up to my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. And they are Chris Dunford-Kelk, Len Stewart, Ken Patterson, Paul Cook, Michael Williams, Paul J. Guest, Adam Westwood, Luke Atkins, Will Brooks, Nick Mellish, and Adam Stone. The music for this podcast is specially composed by Dave Gates, and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. If you enjoy these podcasts, I'd be very grateful if you could rate and review them wherever you consume them. And don't forget to sign up to my mailing list on my website, www.tobyhadoke.com. Oh, and to coin a phrase, don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.